Hello, my name is John Brink. We are podcasting from beautiful Prince George, Northern British Columbia today. And uh, it's a, a brisk day in Prince George. It's probably around 15, 20 below. It's in early mid-December actually. And uh, for all of you that are watching from around the world, uh, Prince George is a beautiful place in the, in the wintertime in particular. It sometimes gets nippy here up to 30, 40 below. Sometimes, not very often now, but it used to. And we have a special, special guest today. Her name is Judy Russell. And she is not only a special guest, she is also a friend. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jushi. Judy. Oh, <laughs> thank you, John. It's really nice to be here. What a beautiful setting. You like it? I love it. Especially, I love the fact that you can see almost the whole place. It's yeah. fantastic. And on downtown Prince George on George Street, which used to be a questionable area, but now it's becoming quite nice, actually. Mm, mm. Now, now, one of the things that we want to talk about in particular today is uh, you have a dance studio, the Enchantman. Yeah, the very studio. good Enchantment. Enchantment. Yeah, And help center. me understanding. Enchantment. Is French. It is. Um, I'm primarily trained to be a ballet teacher. Right. I'm a, what I would term a cradle ballet teacher because my mom also had a dance studio back in Alberta okay. in the early in, um, in Calgary. Okay. In the early 50s, believe oh. it or not. Okay. And uh, so um, that was, of course, well before I was born. Right. Obviously. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so um, basically. I was raised speaking the words than speaking the language of classical ballet. Yeah. And classical ballet didn't actually um, originate in France. Um, it actually originated more in Italy. Some people think it's Russia, but, you know, it was happening all around Europe at the time. And yeah. um, anyway, so... What did happen, however, was King Henry, believe it or not, um, no, King Louis the Fourteenth, known as the Sun King, um, made uh, the first uh, l'école du danse, and which is the first school of dancing. So, therefore, the first curriculum was written in French. That was in Paris. In Paris, uh, you know, hundreds, hundreds of years ago. Yeah. So I, it, it, it stayed. So the word, the word enchaînement means a chaining or a linking of steps. And uh, when I was young, in my sort of 19, 20 uh, years, when I was beginning the school, I thought it would be a really interesting... Was that in 1979? Uh, yes, yeah. 79, okay. 80, good for you. And... Um, and I really thought it was a, a beautiful word, and we use that word in ballet to describe any small collection of dance steps. Now, if they say uh, linking, mm. are they talking about a person using the steps of ballet to link, or does it apply to others in combination? I think it combination? applies to other things as yeah. well. Yeah. I think you can you can look at that and define it different ways. I felt like it could uh, translate to uh, a linking of steps, as in steps of education, steps of learning, right. steps of growth. Yeah. Not just dance steps. Exactly. Right. So, but a chain means it goes together. Yeah. And usually links and stays together that's the and it looks beautiful yes. if it is done right that's right hence <laughs> hence the it's so the popular right enchaînement yep and so we uh, we do we teach enchaînement non-stop in the ballet class yeah and uh so that's why i called it that um and ever since i mean I, for some reason i had this big thing about not wanting my name there i only wanted it to be enchaînement dance center and I didn't ever want it to be Miss Judy's School of Dance. You know, I just didn't want that. I think because I often, I always felt the bigger picture was more important. I always knew, so I didn't just start it. I started the company as Enchema Productions, Inc. 
and I started when? it in 19, uh, it was, um, we incorporated in 1984. Yeah, but, mm -hmm. you, but you started all of this much earlier, you know, because I remember I've known you and Bill, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for a long, mm -hmm. long time and well, supported you for a long, long yes, time. Yes, you, you certainly no, have. And I remember my kids who are <laughs> now in their 40s yes. starting there and us going there, seeing them on the yeah. stage. And, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, you know, so, so I've seen you through all the stages. And yeah. then even when you bought that property that now is your studio, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was a big step for you because it, it was a unique piece of property. But it must have been a bit of a challenge. It um, has all been a bit of a challenge. Yeah. I mean, really, when you think of it, and I'm, I feel so fortunate because um, a large dance studio-based production company in um, a smallish city in central interior British Columbia, I will never ever forget that my first moves as a business person in my early 20s was to seek out support and help and go through some of the programs that were available at the time and the case worker we'll call it um has told me that a business like i wanted um, would never ever be successful in prince george yeah I was told that in no uncertain terms. Must have same, it must have been the same banker that I had when probably, I started. <laughs> probably. So, you know, I don't know whether to say, um, you know, or thank you. And I think I would prefer to say thank you yeah. because by, by, by delivering that challenge to me, it made me dig deep and say, no, I, I know that the city needs what we have to offer and i'm gonna i'm gonna prove you wrong on the other hand judy in all fairness there are not many people like you <laughs> right well, so and i'm not trying I to make you feel hope good not <laughs> no, no no but i mean in all fairness that one through all the ups and downs and all the 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 challenges that go with yeah. it which are many and uh, yeah. you know for me i grew up in holland and the arts and and all of that is very much part of society yes. there. We here, had to build that here. We here, had to build respectfully, it. and I love uh, Prince George, been here for 56 years, and uh, it's a boom town when I came here in the mid-60s, and, and obviously understanding a town like this, it was not about going to ballet studios or, or going to entertainment that included uh, ballet, it was more, down here on George Street, going to the bars. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and I mm -hmm. said it respectfully. So we have come mm -hmm. a long, long way mm -hmm. since. You had a lot to do with that. Well, I think it was all about giving people opportunity. Yeah. And if you, and if you give that opportunity um, in a way that it's delivered with respect and inclusion, um, and uh, try to leave any, um, I mean, I just, how, how am I trying to say this? I'm trying to make it accessible for everyone yeah. and understandable. Try, and, try not to make it so far into that world of, of the arts. Yeah. That, that people can't connect Remove to it. Remove the myth, it, it, right? It has, to be, it has to be something that people connect yeah, to. Yeah, and, and want to do, mm -hmm. right? And then uh, through, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, boys, girls, uh, and, and uh, you know, your shows are so immensely unique, uh, Nutcracker in particular, yeah. uh, you know, that, uh, you know, they... they uh, uh, were always sold out and packed and, and everybody kind of looked forward to them and mm -hmm. uh, even... Well, we did have to build that and, you know, the people that took a chance on me a long time ago, I'll never forget having to fight to uh, get the collaboration going with the Prince George Symphony Orchestra because there was a lot of disbelief that we could um, live up to their professional standards 
and um, I really felt again that I needed to throw down the sword and ask them how can you um, make sure that you live up to my professional standards and then with that became an excellent moment where we became fast friends. Yeah, and then that then being said is another unique part of Prince George because we were, uh, uh, you know, some of the main sponsors for the symphony mm -hmm. uh, orchestra here because that again is unique for a city like Prince George. Completely. Mm -hmm. You know, to have their own symphony and and we had to sponsor the <laughs> the annual uh, car raffle uh, a number of times because uh, the, this was the key fundraiser and uh, but mm -hmm. somehow it survived and then mm -hmm. not only did it survive uh, uh, it's prospered in the sense of that very popular and then in combination mm. with what you do it, it, it creates that uh, special special part of Prince George. Now the other thing that you know I've been wondering about and kind of looking forward to our, our interview is that uh, your next show of the Nutcracker is around the corner here within the next week or so and you're right now already deeply into it, you barely had the time to do the podcast because you've been so busy, 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 is that how has all of this been affected by COVID? Oh, well, that is uh, the million dollar question, John. I, uh, I feel like in some ways, the fact that this is the 30th anniversary show yeah. um, and that we have been given this tiny window of opportunity to present this style of thing, it, it, it feels all a little surreal uh, and it feels like it's an extremely moment, important moment in time. I think we will all look back on this and think, Wow, it's just amazing that we got that to happen. Yeah. Because from all accounts, around the corner in January is an even heavier lockdown with the Omicron situation. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to, um, to look forward and think negatively about what's coming. I am just incredibly relieved to have been given this opportunity. And like I said to you, um, two weeks ago, I was in a situation where I may have to say no, and that was going to affect so many people negatively. And that the it reason was really was painful. Because they were there, because there has been a misunderstanding about the safety of what live entertainment uh, is all about. Um, so we, the live entertainment producers, were kept to 50 people within an audience and it didn't matter what size of a venue. But that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. No. I... Is that... Is that uh, did, did, did it get sorted out or what yes, happened? Yes, there was a lot of conversation, <clears throat> okay. a lot of letter writing, a lot of COVID protocols put in place with uh, directives of how we can accomplish this safely. Right. Um, and, um, and people like Shirley Bond actually just working her darndest to get the ear of the people that needed to hear our concerns. And I think that there were a great many people like Shirley um, speaking for the inequity in the arts. And finally it was heard and we were sorted out to a lesser or greater degree. What people need to understand is that still our area are the only ones at 50% in all of the country. Everyone else is at 100%. Why? 
Yeah, because that has an effect on your show in terms of the viability or the cost of it for sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and then it must also be difficult in terms of attracting uh, sponsors yes. for your because magazine. That's right. Because what you say is that, okay, when and how often and how many people will read the money I invest in this and all of that. And you, if the answer is, I don't know, that's not good. No, it's not good. Mm. So, so, so it was then resolved to 50%. And, and then I had to go out and sell the program and make sure that people did know that this was going to be a really important program. However, it would be 2,000 people as opposed to 4,000 people. Yeah, and how did that go? Pretty well. People like yourself stepped up. <laughs> we got a page. Yes, you did, and I'm so thankful. Um, not perhaps as well as I could have hoped, but um, it's really solidly people who do support us and have done so for a long time are, are still right there doing that. Dan and Cindy Marcotte are always right there yeah. making sure that that we survive and um, Dr. Tessa von Erstein and a dentist in town who uh, grew up at the studio and has a huge love for it and has a has a child dancing in the Nutcracker and beautiful there are there are many people who have stepped forward and continue to support and I am so so thankful so is it now a go, go for sure? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we are so, into the theater today for the first time. So we which, open in three days. Which venue? Which Danny theater? Hall. It's the only one we have. Yeah. There is no other venue. Yeah. And then, uh, so how many seats do you have? We're allowed to sell 394 okay. of 778 seats. Okay. And, and how many have you sold so far? Nineteen hundred and twenty. So you have how many more to go? Approximately fifty. Fifty. Hmm? That's all. That's all. You're going to be totally sold out. Sold out by the end of today, I would imagine. Yeah. No, no question yeah. about that. No. Yeah. So that's great. That is great. Yeah. So the uh, and and uh, so the Nutcracker again this year, as it has been for the last thirty years, will be unique. Uh, you know, the, the I, I, I'm always so impressed, Judy, by, because I've virtually gone to every one of them when our kids were here <laughs> and then a lot of other times, obviously, is that the quality and the, the, the so professionally done and, and even the dancers that are involved, some of them have gone on to this as a career, right? Well, Tell me you know a little bit about that. What's interesting is uh, when I first choreographed it 30 years ago, I choreographed it on a 14-year-old young lady by the name of Juanita Valancourt. And her prince was a 15-year-old young man by the name of Chris Larson, both of whom grew up in the studio. But by the time they were that age, Chris had moved on and gone to the National Valley School of Canada in Toronto. So he came home for the summer and we worked for one month, sort of tooth and nail, sweating, 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 super hot summer in the studio, and choreographed the, the, whole, the whole ballet, because then he had to go back to Toronto. And then we were able to fly him home in, uh, uh, for Thanksgiving to do a little tweak and work super hard with the whole cast. And, um, and that happened two years in a row. And then, uh, and then he could no longer, because he was, he was becoming a professional and he had to stay in Toronto and do the national uh, version of Nutcracker, right. of which he has some excellent stories of him being inside uh, Monsieur Bonhomme, you know, and that he had to uh, be, in, instead of a prince, now he's a giant snowman. Yeah. <laughs> the role changed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, that was the start of his career, and it was really interesting. And from then, we sort of moved along. 
Um, and we had to hire princes for a while because it took a while for us to grow our own. Yeah. And once we had done so, um, we were at, or, and usually for a young man, uh, they end up having to leave the city early to go um, to join a, a, a company school. Yeah. Um, so we would bring them back and they would perform and we'd keep growing our Claras and yeah. everybody and, and um, there'd be, there, so there's always, there's been very few um, hired princes that weren't connected to the studio already. Right. Um, however, those that did come in shared so much with us and gave us so much in terms of uh, what we needed to do to become more professional about how we did everything. Yeah. And sometimes the hired prince would come in and we'd be like, hmm, he's not quite as good as I would have hoped. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so we have been very, very uh, lucky. One time we had a, a Russian prince come in that had been um, trained at the Kirov. And he was amazing yeah. amazing yeah this is 1997 yeah um, but he'd had um, he'd fallen on some hard times his immigration to Canada didn't work out so well he uh, he had some some problems um, and so when I was looking for a prince I called a friend in Montreal who um, uh, her name is Suzanne Tumin and uh, she was a ballet mistress um, for uh, Le Ballet, um, um, Le ba uh, Superior. Um, and so she said, I have this amazing, amazing young man here, but he's lost. He's what? He's lost. Oh. He's, he doesn't, he's lost his, his way. He doesn't know what he wants to be any longer. And oh. this whole... This whole experience of emigrating to Canada and trying to continue on and his disappointments and she said, I think if you can handle it, I think you would be very good for him. So we brought him to Prince George, which of course was quite a lot like Russia. <laughs> yeah, really. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and he, um, he needed... He needed work done on his teeth. He needed work done on his hair. He needed he needed to be fed proper food. A bit of an overall. He he needed he needed some support. He needed yeah. basically he needed a family to support yeah. him. Yeah. To get him back to uh, being confident and strong. Yeah. And um, that happened. Yeah. And it was a, an amazing thing. It was even more amazing for my young sons who at the time were, you know, teenagers and um, Jonathan, I think, was around 11. And uh, yeah, that would be right. No, he was probably nine years old. So they learned a great deal about the world and how they didn't want to end up. And yeah. and also the 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 artistry that yeah. he delivered and that he shared with us was so inspirational that people like the young man that is going to play the prince this time around have grown from greatly wow right it was an amazing time now you and there's been lots of those sort of magic moments but that was one one quite um exceptional his name is igor milosardov he's still here then no no he went back to montreal and um, has been all over, all over Canada, but I think he is a little bit settled now. And actually, I think he finally became a daddy and nice. teaches. And I hope he's, I hope he's well. Yeah. So now, you have two sons. Three. Three sons. Now, some of them I know are involved. Andrew, Matthew, and Jonathan. Right. They have all been involved heavily over there. My eldest son just turned 40 yeah. last month. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> no, I can't. Yes, I was a child bride for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
not really, but so what know. are they doing then? Well, Andrew stepped aside this year. He has played Drosselmeyer for the last several um, productions. Um, uh, it it was just the right time. COVID has not been easy for him. Yeah, he he works for Telus. Okay, and he so he's working from home all the time, and yeah. that's pretty hard on people. Yeah. Um, he also. He was involved, uh, all three boys were the leads in Beauty and the Beast two years ago, yeah. which was a wonderful, wonderful show. Yeah, and I, I couldn't be that. a prouder mummy. Yeah. You know, um, Bill is a very, very talented man, Mr. Bill Russell. If Bill can't fix it, it can't be fixed. Yeah. He is also a fantastic performer. Yeah. So the boys couldn't help themselves, really. Yeah. So Andrew was the one that was going to be a ballet dancer, and he went off and started his his life with that, and then ended up for a while as a uh, as a death metal um, singer in a touring death metal band. So some people think, hmm, ballet dancer, death metal artist, really? Yeah. But there's a certain thread back there. It's yeah, yeah. a very very strong sort of gothic sort okay. of you know. Um, then Matthew, um, he prefers to be known as Matt, has been the manager for me of the Prince George Playhouse okay. and the manager of Central Interior Tickets yeah. for the last 10 years. Yeah. He did go off and do quite a lot with musical theater and was uh, was in several professional shows, yeah. um, but then um, decided he wanted to be a, uh, a family man. Right. So. He and of course, uh, COVID forced us to. I had to lay him off. I had to close the playhouse. Yeah. Of our, our, our contract. Yeah. And without the playhouse, we couldn't have the central interior tickets either. Right. Right. So his job disappeared, and he's very talented and um, uh, is a driven sort of person. So he um, he found himself uh, his way. And uh, is now actually working for the city of Prince George. Interesting. Yes. So what does he do? In the special events division, of course. Oh, possibly. How how appropriate. Possibly ending up managing the Prince George Playhouse. Yeah. But that's you know who knows. It's just a joke in our family right now. Right. But um, he's um, no, he's working with all those wonderful people, Glenn Mickelson, Andy Beasley, who has just joined back up. I mean, Andy Beasley is. Watch Matthew grow up. I yeah. mean, Andy was the lead in 1995 in Superstar, and, very, very and amazing, an amazing talent. And yeah. Matt was a, a, a 12-year-old little boy Can you in imagine? the chorus, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. he's there, and then Jonathan is. So right now, Matt and his wife Anna, who just was the assistant director and the choreographer for Theater Northwest. The um, marvelous Wonder Reds right. um, have their three little ones, and all five of them are in the opening, the party scene. Yeah. So Matt nice. said to me, I, "Mom, I want my whole family," and yeah. I said, "Yes, I want them too." <laughs> and then, uh, then Jonathan, um, he works side by side with Bill. Basically, he has taken over Russell Audiovisual. Yeah. Um, and Bill is uh, a semi-retired. Yeah, and uh, so John's footprint is large in uh, all of the things that we did uh, that we do. Um, Matthew played Gaston in uh, in Beauty and the Beast, and Jonathan played the Beast, and they were spectacular. Yeah, but um, they they are good at stepping back and doing things that are needing to be done. Yeah, and then stepping forward uh, into the limelight when it's the when it's when it's the right thing for them. Yeah, they don't need to be the stars all the time. Right, it's kind of unique actually in your family, and uh, obviously I've watched them and I've known them, and uh, more you and Bill, mm-hmm. and uh, to uh, you know to see them evolve and being so involved, mm-hmm. so rewarding, right? It is so rewarding. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean. It is a it's it's tough, you know. I don't I don't think I would want to be the child of Bill and Judy Russell, or worse yet, the daughter-in-law, or you know, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, 
I, I, we are, we have done so much that it's, it's a little bit tough sometimes. I think. Well, yeah. Because I feel that the that our children and our and our our children by marriage uh, feel a lot of pressure sometimes to do the things that we have done and that's not fair. They need to be able to do the things that they want to do yeah, and as well. Yeah. You know, if they can keep a little bit of our light burning, that would be great. Yeah. And really, I know that they really would like us to just be grandparents. Yeah. And that's fair too. Yeah, and, but on the other hand, I'm sure they love you and they care about oh, you. Yes. And, and uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> to me, the same thing has happened. I'm a go, 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 go guy, and uh, you know, and that creates pressure on all kinds of other people around me. But y'all care about me, and they that's love right. me, and that's who I am. That's and, and, exactly true. And, and it has been rewarding to them uh, by example. The other thing is Bill. I remember still that he was dancing, and uh -huh. you know, so uh -huh. uh, yeah. he started dancing when he was thirty. Yeah. Uh, so Bill grew up in Quesnel, and he got really involved in theater at high school. Yeah. And he played lots of lead roles. He's very, very talented. He is a natural actor, a natural singer, a natural mover. Yeah. Um, then, but he was all about um, media at that time, politics, media. Yeah. Um, he, I think, at one point really wanted to be... Um, you know, uh, in high-end politics, yeah. um, but theater is really, really rewarding. Yeah, and if you become addicted, uh, it it can be very, very hard to get out of. And I, to my knowledge, other than financial um, issues, there's no rehab for actors yeah but they create the passion right mm -hmm. so once you have the passion then every day most of the times when you get up you look forward to doing what you love to do mm -hmm. and that's what it is all about that makes you good at what you do and uh, you know and uh, and obviously uh, you have it around you in abundance now with Bill every so often I still see him where uh, you know I'm speaking someplace and I look at uh, where the sound is going. Oh, it's built. It's all okay. So then. good. You know? so, so good. That type of a thing. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he was in radio for 25 years. Believe it or not. Yeah. Long it time, was yeah. a long time. Yeah. I mean, he spent I think the last five years as a part-time um, uh, radio person personality, but he w did everything, um, and I really believe that when we started out our lives together, it was supposed to be him. Yeah. He was the one that was supposed to go on to a big career in a large major yeah. center. Yeah. And he's so talented. Yeah. However, the dance studio took off. Yeah. And he was so proud of that, that he stepped in behind me and supported me and pushed. Yeah, but then that made you both mm -hmm. successful, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so because the one without the other We'd, would not it have would been not the same. Happened. No. So, so the one that is was more recognized up front was maybe you, and uh, but we always knew that uh, you know Bill was there as a very, he very important totally part. was, yeah. and he stepped into his first ballet class when he was thirty years old. Yeah, and uh, amazing. He did. He did a lot. Did Where a did lot. you guys meet? We both worked at the radio station. At which one? Yeah. At CJCI. See, FM ninety four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, I um I had decided that I wasn't going to do this as a career. Yeah. I again, it's that that legacy thing. My mom was a dance teacher and a musical theater director, choreographer, and yeah, my dad was, was in the music. It was, and I was like, well, that's I, you know. That's what they did. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And <laughs> I want to do something different. I want to be different. So yeah. I went back to BCIT to do the broadcast journalism program. Yeah. And um, came back here and went to work at the radio station and realized that I was not very good at it. Yeah. Well, you know, I was just too young. Just yeah. too young. Yeah. I'd be, it would be a different thing today for yeah. sure. Yeah. However... 
um, I was regularly uh, reading news and sports on my uh, my um, not so friendly person's show, Mr. Bill Russell's show, and I kept screwing up badly. He hated the fact that he hated it the minute he saw me walking into that that soundproof room. He was like, oh, no, no not her not again. Her again. <laughs> right? And it wasn't until um, he went on vacation, because um, he's a very, very straight as an arrow sort of person. So there was no fraternizing with the, the uh, work cohorts Yeah. until we met at a party when he was on a vacation and had a really, really interesting four or five hour long conversation yeah. that where we realized that we were completely aligned in almost everything that we thought about the world and the way it should be. Everything happens for a reason, it does. right? It does. Yeah. I had to endure that crap just to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so, so if you really look now at, uh, you know, and you've been here for a long time as I have, and especially in, uh, an area like this, Prince George, Northern British Columbia, the most beautiful place in the world, you know, where, where we are sitting about, uh, for, for those that are watching internationally, uh, you know, the uh, British Columbia, an absolutely beautiful province, and then, but large, you know, we are about uh, uh, 700, uh, 500 miles north of uh, Vancouver, 800 kilometers. And that's only the middle of the province, yep. you know, and then all around us, uh, you know, is nature and uh, uh, Don't be surprised if you encounter just outside of town or sometimes inside of town, you know, black bears and uh, moose and and you name it uh, We still have all the, the the wild here and then at the same time we got Prince George that uh, Relatively speaking is a young city. I think it got incorporated in 1914 in 65 and I came here it was called the boom town so the normal conversation would be when did you get here and when are you leaving you know because uh, <laughs> absolutely yeah and and yep. then what happened it evolved and it became an amazing city that amazing arts and culture you had a lot to do with that the symphony and other things around that and uh, that's why that is so amazing. And then, in addition to that, we build the University of Northern British Columbia, uh, the most popular uh, uh, and, and the best small university in all of Canada, and then the College of New Caledonia. Right behind us, is we, if we see a new major swimming pool being built and all the infrastructure around us. Uh, uh, you know, Prince George is a city that is on the Cusp, cusp of becoming an urban leading light in our area. So all we need, John, is for you to cough up as much money as possible and build that Brinks Performing Arts Center. I like that. I do too. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I think, and that's again, just a question of time as well, you know, because Prince George is going to that level and becoming a major, major center yeah. or the capital of Northern British Columbia. I usually call it into my, my friends uh, south of us, Vancouver and the Lower Mainland. I usually remind them that 75% of the growth national product of the province of British Columbia comes from Northern BC. Yes. So do not, do not forget it in terms of that's where it all happens. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think, uh, you know, it has been a bit of a challenge, obviously, with COVID and all the other things uh, for all of us. Yes. And, but we will get past that and we'll go on and it becomes different. Now, the other thing I want to talk to you briefly here is that you said that, hard to imagine, but Bill is semi-retired. That means likely he talks about it, but he really doesn't do it. Correct. And, and, and uh, you know, and, and yourself, you're still very, very active. How, how do you see things for you? And for us? The, yeah, going forward. Well. And obviously will continue because mm -hmm. you have, mm -hmm. you know, your children involved mm -hmm. and other ones involved. Mm -hmm. So it will continue. Well, it will continue. And, you know, my, my daughter-in-law, Nicole, uh, is very involved. She's very involved with Nutcracker. Um, she's a f like my 
my two lovely boys that are married, married, you know, triple threat dancer, singer, actress, um, type women with many, many skills to add to our collection, which was extremely nice of them, really, when it comes right down to it. Um, So uh, Nicole is extremely involved. Um, Jonathan, her husband, my youngest, has a lot of abilities and uh, writes music and scores movies and has done quite a lot of stuff outside of Prince George. What I really see happening, same thing with Matt and Anna, and hopefully for Andrew as well, is that the the whole idea of a global career, being able to fly comfortably home to your family, where you can afford to live in a community that is still feeling safe and allows you Uh, You know, even when I was growing up, I grew up in Richmond, British Columbia, which is not the same place as it is now. However, at that time, um, it was very small, very rural, did not have any large dance studios. So my parents had to drive me to New Westminster, which is quite a long trip. Here, you can get your kids anywhere in 10 minutes. Yeah. And it makes a huge, huge difference. Huge difference. To yeah. to their ability to flourish. So I feel that for my kids, um, the opportunity to be able to get their children to wherever they need to go, including grandma's house and grandpa's house, yeah. is is extremely um, helpful for quality of life. But they can also John can fly to Vancouver in an hour yeah. and work for Pro Show on a giant gig. Yeah. And be back for the weekend. Yeah. And, you know. No problem. No, no, no foul, you know. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, 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 it can be like that. I can see a time coming when perhaps Anna is going to want to, say, fly to Edmonton and yeah. direct a play or, you know. Yeah. That I... I see the day coming. Me too. No that question. That's going to be very simple. And, and it's likely sooner rather than yeah. later. Yeah. In our mindset, not yeah. not a difficult thing at all. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Prince George will keep growing at will. And and mm-hmm. the, the art center has always been in the discussion already. Yeah. It was already for years and years. And that part is only a matter of time as well. Yeah. Keep. I keep buying lottery tickets because yeah. I would love it to, to have my name on it. But I think it's going to be your name. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. do too. Yeah, I like it. Now, the uh, both my daughters, uh, uh, Nicole and Chris, Chris, uh, Tina, Christina, uh, you know, both were at your school mm-hmm. when they grew up. The reason that I talk about them because they would never forgive me if I'm sitting here <laughs> talking to Judy Russell uh-huh. about uh, the school and, uh, and and for the young people that pass through. Uh, so many, John, so, so many at this yeah. point. If you consider that I did actually start teaching in Prince George with my mom in 1979. Yeah. Um, an interesting little story for you about that is my uh, studio store manager was one of those first students in 1979. Amazing. Yeah. And that's 42 two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so Diana, I still remember this. Diana Maori, who is now Diana McKellar and has been for 35 years. My and uh, we are, we're still little partners in crime. The two yeah. of us. And, and I still remember for many, many parents and many, many families that we go to the, to, to the show and that is on stage and the parents and they are so nervous and we are nervous and, and that it all happens and it's, it was just quite an experience that you will never forget. Yeah. Well, give them my love, your beautiful yeah. daughters. And yeah. uh, I have been very, very fortunate for all the support and the families that have gone through the studio. Uh, there are many, many, many uh, people in the show this year who either grew up in, in the studio or who 
have our parents of children that grew up in have this. Have a link to Have a grand. link, have grandchildren in this, in the studio, um, or children in the studio. Uh, there are quite a few families with, with dancing moms and dads with their kids in the show. And it's, it's pretty exciting. And you know, what's, I guess the way that that happened is because that was always what happened with us. Yeah, I I remember Bill saying to the boys when they were sort of, why do we have to do this? And yeah. Bill just said, if we were chicken farmers, you'd be out there killing chickens. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> so this is what you're doing. You are supporting your mother, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, there didn't have to be that many of those those conversations. Yeah. Um, because honestly, it is a wonderful way to grow up. Yeah, and it is a huge sense of community and family. And how many times back, do you right. get? Yeah, how many times do you get to be a part of something where a hundred people are all there with their heart in the same place? Yeah, no question about, about what they're doing. It's yeah. it's an amazing experience. Yeah, and back to the thirty years thing. So I have Matthew Clough here. His parents still live here. His dad is a retired lawyer, um, and also who. Oddly enough, Jim Clough, James Clough, came out of uh, UBC in 1980, came to Prince George, but he had hung out at Mossock at UBC, which is their theater program, musical theater pro program. And so James Clough was the lead in the first big show that my parents did when we got here in 1980. I played his sister. I was the dancing ingenue. Um, I was 20. I believe Jim was almost was 30. Uh, almost 30. Sorry, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, maybe. And uh, anyway, so there's where our relationship started. I was four months pregnant with my first child, with our first son, Andrew. And anyway, here we are. 40 years later, and his son is on stage as this accomplished and amazing ballet dancer, artist. Um, Matthew Clough is, he started in my studio when he was three years old, and that's about 25 years ago. And uh, he has uh, been in Montreal for the last five years, I think, and uh, he's amazing so he grew up in the studio in fact bill was his drosselmeyer when he was the prince in 2009 uh, bill was that was the last year bill played drosselmeyer yeah two years before that there was this young man named isaac smith who 2007 also was the prince that year he went on to be do the big so you think you can dance canada the very first year and made it to the top 10 and our little town of Prince George kept him in that race right till the bitter end wow. and he has had a very very fine uh, career in Toronto uh, lots of movies lots of natural yeah. national commercials that sort of thing yeah and then Nutcracker Prince 2015-2013 Tristan Ghostkeeper who also grew up here, who uh, all three of these lads, their families still live here. Yeah. He is um, a, just an amazing talent. And he is here at the moment between contracts because yeah. he does, he's been doing movie work, television work, and, uh, and cruise ships. Yeah. So to have him here as well is, is spectacular. The, uh, all the young ladies that grew up in the studio or are growing up in the studio are so, so excited. The Claras this year, the Snow Queen, they, they, it's just an amazing experience for them. Yeah. And, you know, my, my sons were Snow Kings and, and Andrew was the only one that played the prince um, back, I think it was 2001 or maybe right. even 1999, I can't remember. But, um, yeah. There's, there's such a legacy and lots of people who are school teachers now who, who uh, educate their kids. And, you know, my son, my son Matt's eldest child, Henry, they're doing a 
Nutcracker Christmas project, and he keeps showing me his Russian dance. So I'm like, maybe someday, Henry, you'll do the Russian dance for Grandma. <laughs> but right now, you're just a boy soldier in the opening scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's pretty cool. That sounds very good, uh, Judy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the uh, another thing that I was going to do is that uh, I, I wanted to, you know, I wrote a, a book and I, and I think something that you should possibly think about is that I say it took me 80 years to live it, 20 years to think about it, and two years to write it. <laughs> it is against all odds. Oh, you that's know? wonderful, John. And, and I what a, a challenge. Oh, look, and, and you I signed, signed a copy it for, for me. You. Oh, thank you. Now, the interesting part is free, obviously. But, <laughs> but the interesting part about it is you can see the price of the book. Maybe you tell me what it is. Um, you know what? I can't. It's twenty five forty seven. Does that say twenty five forty seven? I do not have my glasses on. Yeah, but so this twenty five forty seven. It is. That's a very interesting price, John. Yeah. What, what is that about? When I came off the bus here, the Greyhound, about two blocks away from here in nineteen sixty five, I couldn't speak the language, didn't know a soul. Uh, uh, you know, and at one set of clothes, looking for a job, didn't have any family or anybody. I counted my money at least twice or three times. I had $25.47, but I had a dream of yes. building a lumber mill. There we go. And that's what I did. That is amazing. And that is absolutely against all the odds, isn't it? It is. Mm -hmm. It has mm -hmm. been a pleasure having you and oh, knowing you. you. And, uh, you know, I wish you all the best. Well, yeah. I wish you too. Thanks. And maybe I'm not sure what I'll call it. Perhaps it's not enchantment, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an appropriate one. So again, thanks, uh, Judy, uh, well, thank for the for interview. We wish you Lovely. all the best and, and success for mm. it. Uh, thanks uh, on behalf of the whole city for what you do and have done in the past. Well, I've been pretty lucky. Thank you. Uh, our special guest today was Judy Russell. And uh, again, uh, this is On the Brink.